It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right. What's up, man? Not too much. So today we obviously had a Mike Vrabel Monday press conference, so we'll get into that a little bit. A uh, new addition to the roster, uh, new, a new old addition, I guess, kind of, to the roster. Um, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about kind of just like checking on the rest of the AFC South in Week 5. Before we do that, remind you, we write from BGCMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. And you can check out the podcast account at Locked On Titans. All right, so uh, Mike Vrabel press conference on Monday. And, you know, one thing that Vrabel has been really good about is, you know, I, I think there were a lot of people, and I think I saw somebody saying this today. Maybe it was Kaharski. Um, I can't remember who, but thought that we would get some, like, defensiveness from Vrabel after losses, especially tough losses like we saw on Sunday. Um, you know, and just kind of some snipping back and forth with the media. And and he hasn't really done that. He's been really good in these press conferences. Um, he's been really consistent with his message um, and talking about, you know, correcting mistakes and moving forward and that kind of stuff. So that's been good to see. Um, there's not just, you know, that other kind of distraction around what's going on. So that, that's been a positive thing. Um, you know, and, and today he said, look, uh, we need more and what we got basically from everybody besides Brett Kern and Ryan Suckup in the game on Sunday. So, you know, not singling out anybody, but talking about how they need more effort. He's not afraid to say something like that, whereas coaches in the, in the past have been afraid for whatever reason to admit that type of stuff. Um, so that was good. He's, he's kind of singled out a little bit. The, the touchdown run uh, by Josh Allen and how, you know, they needed better effort on that play. Um, and, you know, if you, if you watch that play, I think Rashawn Evans specifically is a guy that, um, that they could have given better effort there and might have been able to stop him short. And, again, you know, just give the defense another chance to either stop them, force a turnover, you know, whatever it may be. And Rashawn Evans, we didn't talk about this last night, but um, tweeted after the game about, you know, people being in his mentions talking about, you know, criticizing him about inside linebacker, and he's not even primary, primarily an inside linebacker, or, you know, whatever it was that he said. He later deleted the tweet. Um, it was just stupid. I mean, I don't understand really what the point was. He is an inside linebacker. That's what they drafted him to be. Sure, he can do other things, but that's his primary job. Um, and, you know, he, he specifically, you know, looked like he could have given a better effort on the Josh Allen TD run, had a chance to stop LaShawn McCoy um, on a run later in the game and just kind of missed him. Um, so some specific things there that don't necessarily have anything to do with being an inside linebacker, just kind of mistakes that he made in the game. So not really a good look for him for that tweet. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, they were able to talk to him about it, you know, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but so hopefully, you know, they need, to, they need, they need more from him. Um, you know, he's a guy that was the first-round pick, and I know he missed time and all that kind of stuff. But he's a guy that they really haven't gotten enough from to this point, and he missed time and all that stuff too. But he's a guy that they're going to need to step up and to be a difference maker, especially when you talk about a guy that's been a first-round pick on. Yeah, and especially with Wesley Woodyard banged up. You know, he was drafted to be that guy. Now, I'm going to give him, give him a pass. Uh, there, there's no reason to have high expectations right now, uh, considering he missed all of training camp, and he's playing such a an important position on, on the defensive side. You know, 
um, on the inside linebacker part. You know, he's in the teeth of that defense. So he's learning on the fly. Um, didn't have a good game on Sunday. Uh, I, I'm not going to overreact to that. Uh, you know, I'll be the first to tell you I wasn't in love with that pick. But uh, mainly I, the reason I wasn't in love with that pick was because it wasn't Harold Landry. Uh, the Titans ended up getting him anyway. So uh, I, I think it'll come w- with with Evans. But, man, that tweet was bizarre. Uh, I, I would love to know what position he thinks he's supposed to be playing here because he was drafted to play inside. He wasn't drafted to rush the passer, uh, you know, maybe a little bit on some blitzing downs, but he certainly wasn't drafted to play on the edge. So uh, that was really bizarre. Uh, so that, that was a little eye-opening to me. I'm sure Vrabel, um, you know, just, just knowing how he operates, uh, seeing how, how he's handled the team in a short amount of time, I'm sure he handled that internally. So interested to see his, his development. Interested to see how long Wesley Woodyard's out because that's going to be a uh, big loss until he can come back. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other, I think, big note from the press conference was, you know, the, the total one injury. Um, he was having an MRI on his foot today, and I don't know what the results of that were at this point, and I don't know if, you know, if we'll ever know what the results are. We'll just kind of have to watch his status in practice as the week goes along. Um, the good news is that, you know, Dennis Kelly – was able to do some work last week in practice, made the trip to Buffalo. So, I mean, I think that there was at least a chance he could be active this past Sunday, which should mean that he will be active on Sunday against the Ravens. So if LaJuan can't go, you've got Dennis Kelly out there at left tackle instead of Taylor Merritt. Now, I mean, Kelly's obviously still a big drop-off from LaJuan, but not as big of a drop-off as Merritt's is. Uh, You know, it just – the thing that sucks about this is, you know, now – We've played, what, five games, Titans have played five games, and you've had one game where you had your complete offensive line out there playing together and healthy. Um, you know, with LaJuan getting hurt in week one, Jack Hawkins obviously didn't come back until the Eagles game. So that the Eagles game is the only time you've had all five guys that, that are supposed to be your starters out there. Um, and, and so it thinks that, you know, you're in the second game, LaJuan gets hurt. This sounds like an injury that he's dealt with before. Um, he, I think he'd only missed one game prior to this year was for the concussion back in either his rookie year or his second year. So a guy that's had good luck in the health department. Uh, so hopefully this is something he can come back from and be able to be out there because, you know, the Ravens are a very formidable defense and the Titans offensive line is going to need to be at full strength against them. Yeah, it's not really something we talked about. But they played a lot of that game without Taylor LeJuan. So throwing the merits into the lineup again just kind of, Doing it on the fly, that, that's kind of been the, the Titans' M.O. this season. But uh, it's hard to understate what Juan means to this squad. So I, I'm sure that hurt the run game. Run game wasn't very good, especially with Deion Lewis in. Um, you know, Derrick Henry found some holes, but nothing really substantial. But, uh, yeah, you said it. They're, they haven't been able to, um, to, to really gain some chemistry early on here. Uh, they need to string some games together. And that's just injury luck, and the Titans haven't had much of it. But uh, we'll see if, if they can get that in the future. Um, because I really want to see this offensive line work um, at, at full strength, you know, when, when they understand what they're doing really three, four games, you know, in a row. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is just having that continuity. And, you know, look, look we can go through all this, and, and we're – I mean, I'm going rounds and rounds with people on Twitter – about Marcus Mariota and all that kind of stuff. And he needs to be better. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's also not getting any help. And then when you look at the offense and the, the injuries and, and the just inability to have anything consistent out there, 
um, it's just it's tough for for them to be able to do, you know, just just a, a lot of the things that they want to be able to do when you're down. I mean, obviously they're going to be without Delaney Walker for the rest of the year, um, but when you're missing, you know, different offensive linemen every week, and Marcus Mariota had the hand injury and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it's just it, it's it's difficult to really know what they have and what the offense is going to be able to do. So. Um, Anyway, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And like I said, I, I think the only indication that we'll get on Lawan's status will be practice reports and that kind of stuff because we know that Vrabel's not, you know, very forthcoming with injury information. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that as we go. All right. Um, and then one more thing that they talked to, you know, he was asked about, re- you know, need for help at receiver, that kind of stuff. And he, you know, just basically said John Robinson is, is evaluating that position, you know, daily, basically, like he does every other position. And so that will kind of lead us into our next conversation. But before we do that, uh, Trevor's favorite sponsor, Blue Chew, is back for another round. Uh, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. And listen, if you're looking for uh, even just something a little extra in the bedroom, BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free and use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Anthony Ferkser, Mike's favorite player, is back for, I guess, a second round with this team. Um, you know, was on the the, the uh, initial 53-man roster and then was cut to make room for, I mean, I can't remember whoever it was at this point. Uh, the Titans released Dalen Dawkins when they promoted Ferkser. Um, and I would assume they'll try to bring Dawkins back to the practice squad because they have an open spot there now with, with, after calling Ferkser up. Uh, you know, listen, Ferkser is, is fine. I mean, you know, he did some good things in the preseason. I think that he can probably give them a little something as a pass catcher for this team. Uh, it can't be anything less than what the tight ends have given them since Delaney Walker went out. You know, the only thing we've seen from Jonu Smith is drops. Um, Variable did mention Janu as being good in pass protection in the game on Sunday, but you know they, they need to have some type of threat from that position. Ferkser is not known for his blocking; uh, that that's not really going to be his thing. 
But I don't know. Maybe he gives them a better option than Nick Williams or, or somebody like that where, you know, they can have two tight ends on the field. Uh, maybe that can give them some type of a, of a pass receiving threat. And then you can be, you know, in a three wide receiver set instead of two. Um, not that it, he it makes a huge difference, but maybe he gives them a, a little bit of an upgrade from a weapon standpoint. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Jonu's been so bad. Maybe he's an upgrade over Jonu. You know, I, yeah. I just, Jonu, I, I, it's been shocking. I, I really thought it, it, it obviously was going to be a struggle. Uh, he's not Delaney. But he showed us enough last year to where you thought he could be somewhat capable, uh, but he just hasn't been involved in the offense. And the the few times that we've seen, uh, you know, the one time it stands out was when Marcus Mariota scrambled and, and converted a third down only to have Johnny drop the pass. Uh, so, I, I don't know. He, he's been frustrating. Uh, Ferkser showed some things in camp, certainly. Um, he also dropped some passes in camp, though. So, I, I don't think he can be relied upon. Um, I, I just think they're going to have to add something at receiver. It, it's just flat embarrassing that Nick Williams, uh, Darius Jennings, are Marcus Mariota's fourth and fifth options, who, you know, they play a bunch. I, I think I saw Darius Jennings played 35% of the game, and Nick Williams was close to that. So those are important spots, and right now what the Titans have just flat is not good enough. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, when you talk about – it's just frustrating because there's just not – there's not enough options out there. And even, listen, when you were talking about you know your number two and three options being Taewon Taylor, who, I mean, I, we've seen some flashes of some good things, but certainly has some issues. Um, Tajay Sharp being the third option, not exactly, you know, lighting the world on fire. Um, you know, and we talked about this. If, if you go back and listen to our conversations, you know, heading into free agency, thought they should add – a pass catcher. Now I know that you know even the the secondary guys, the secondary receivers that were available ended up getting a ton of money. Um, and, you know, probably quote more than they're worth. But I don't know. It, it seems like at this point it would have been wise for them to to bring in somebody else. Um, like you said, when you've got you know they played fifty four offensive snaps on Sunday. Nick Williams played nineteen thirty five percent. Darius Jennings played eight fifteen percent. But you know, really the the difference between Nick Williams and Darius Jennings was Darius Jennings dropped the big pass last week. So, you know, Nick Williams seemed to kind of, I guess, work ahead of him this week. But they want to have a fourth receiver on the field for 35-plus percent of the snaps, and they need to be better. Now, Des Bryant is the name that keeps coming up, right, because he's still a free agent. He's still sitting out there. Uh, again, we go back to the thing. Look, it, it, we're six weeks into the, or five weeks into the season, Um He's not on an NFL roster. There's a reason for that because the Titans are certainly not the only team around the NFL that could use another pass catcher. I mean, his his old team, the Cowboys, are worse off at receiver than the Titans. Uh, and there's plenty of other teams that could use him. At this point, though, I don't know what the what the harm is in, in kicking the tires there. Um, and, and maybe bringing him in at least for a workout, seeing what he could do. Um, I don't know if they were in the, the locker room or whatever it may be. And listen, we've been opposed to Des Bryant. We were the ones saying they didn't need him, you know, when when he was first released in Dallas. But at this point, you know, I'm not sure. There's a lot of talk, um, you know, as the NFL trade deadline approaches. You'll see different spots, uh, you know, talking about one one deal every team should make. I think it was Pro Football Focus or somebody like that had uh, had a, a post like that earlier last week or whatever it was. And Devontae Parker. 
uh, of the Dolphins. You know, there's been a huge disappointment out there. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, you know, has had issues when he's been on the field. Uh, you know, the Titans have traded for him. That, that's kind of been the, the consensus. And, I mean, again, at this point, like, I don't know what the harm is. You know, if they, if they were able to give up a late-round pick to bring him in, you know, I, you certainly people would get too excited about the, the possibility of him being here if that did happen. But I don't know. I think at this point they need to do something to shake it up a little bit. Yeah, got to do something, anything. Uh, status quo and working. So Parker's interesting. Um, a guy that stays hurt. You know, if you want reliability, which Titans seem to need, he's probably not your guy. Um, but, you know, what are you, what else are you going to find out there on the free agent market? Um, so he's a, he's a guy that a lot of people like coming out in the draft process. Uh, a guy that can really get up for the football and he just seemed to float in college at Louisville. Uh, so the ability's there, but he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Um, so would I give up a seventh? Probably so. I'd probably, if your scouts feel good about it, uh, if your, if your doctors feel good about it, if you can determine that he's not going to, going to break into, uh, I'd kick the tires there. Des is just, you know, I, I really didn't think I'd be saying this, but Des is just seeming better and better to me. Um, I know he struggled with drops. I know he struggled with separation. Um, but when you're you're comparing Nick Williams and, and Darius Jennings to Des Bryant, I mean, I, I don't see the harm in, in kicking the tires there. Uh, see what he's got left. Bring him in for a tryout, workout. Um you know, a veteran presence, a guy that might be able to even teach Corey Davis a thing or two. You, you know, Des Bryant can't do what he used to do, but he knows how to get it done at a high level. So might not be the worst thing there. Uh, obviously, you have to come in with with the you know, mindset of, of getting his mind right. Uh, he's not going to be getting 10 targets a game. Uh, but it would be interesting to see. So I, I'm not saying it should happen, but I'm saying I'd be open to – Seeing, bring him in, seeing what he's got left in the tank at, at the very least. And the other thing, too, is, to be fair, you know, the conversation is different now that Rashard Matthews is not here. Absolutely. When we were having that conversation, you know, back whenever it was that Des got released, we were assuming we had Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews, and then your three and four were Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp. And as consistent as Rashard Matthews had been and all that stuff, you know, that, that, it's a big difference between where they are now and Richard Matthews quitting on the team. And so then now Taylor Taylor's forced into the number two role. Tajay Sharp obviously bumped up, and then you've got Nick Williams, Eric Shings, whoever. Um, so, it, it, so from that standpoint, it, it's a different deal. And so I, I don't know. I, I just think at this point, you know, it would be wise for them to explore all options. Um, I know that you, you, obviously, you know, when Richard left the team two weeks ago, um, you didn't have a lot of time at that point to turn around before the Eagles game. I don't know, but I would. I'm I'm going to be disappointed if we don't see them at least bring some guys in. Or I mean, and listen, there's the, the free agent market. It's not like again, you're in week six, so it's not like there's all these guys sitting out there that are just dynamic presences that you're going to bring in. They're going to change your team, but at this point, you've got to do something. And kicking the tires on one of these guys has been disappointing somewhere else you know, for a later on pick or something like that. I, I just think that, I, I don't know, it, it just feels like this team has a chance to to be to be good enough to be a contender in the AFC. Um, I mean, they're obviously good enough to be a contender in the AFC South and, and win the division, you know, if, if they can play well. 
and it would it just seems like a missed opportunity if you're not going to at least try to do something to upgrade the weaponry. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just embarrassing that we think of Marcus so highly, and this is what he has to work with. You know that that thread that uh, Titans film room tweeted out that just perfectly sums up the season. You know, Marcus just standing on his head, making play after play after play, uh, only to be rewarded with a drop. You know, he's got to be frustrated. Uh, so I, I don't really buy into the fact that, that quarterbacks need weapons. You know, the quarterback kind of makes the weapons. But that gum, I, I mean, how many examples do you need just this year alone? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, like you said, there are certainly Peyton Manning could could turn guys that, I mean, Brandon Stokely, right, is yeah. just kind of the, the prime example uh, of a guy like that. But, you know, like you said, Marcus does everything he can to keep that play alive on Sunday and, you know, find Nick Williams wide open and you, you can't throw a better pass and all that stuff. Because even, like if you go, like you said, the Titans film room did the, the, the breakdown of all the drops. And if you go back to week one, the, the Taewon Taylor catch, again, he made it kind of weird and he's going to the ground. So that, that, that's kind of a tough catch. But you're not going to ever find an easier catch than, than what Nick Williams had the opportunity to make on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, it's just at this point they just need to, they need to do something. And I, I would be surprised if we don't see them make some type of move there this week. So we'll keep an eye out for that. All right, to finish up the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the AFC South and what they were able to do in Week 5. Before we do that, we're going to talk about my bookie. My bookie has been sponsoring this podcast really as long as we've been doing it, um, like we've, we've said all along. Where you bet is almost, important as who, is almost as important as who you bet on. And with my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. That's their slogan. That's the thing. You don't have to worry about doing the runaround and all that stuff for your money. If you win, they're going to they're gonna be able to get you your money. You're going to be able to get paid out. Um, they've got a great mobile site, and most of us do stuff from our phones now. So you don't have to worry about downloading an app or anything like that. You just go to their site on your phone like you would on the desktop, and everything is exactly the same. Uh, you can bet before the game, during the game. You know they, they got all those different options. So check them out. Uh, the cool thing that they're offering now is with all the new betters that they're getting, if you're willing to make your first deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they're going to give you a $25 free play. They're also going to match your deposit, your first deposit, dollar for dollar, up to $1,000 if you use the promo code LOCKEDON25. So go to MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, enter the promo code LOCKEDON25, and you're going to get a deposit match dollar for dollar. You're going to get an extra $25 on top of that. Um, and you're going to have, like I said, the best betting site that's online that you have available. So, again, MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to get all the stuff that we talked about. You play, you win, you get paid. So we touched on it a little bit last night. Uh, Blake Bortles did Blake Bortles things in Kansas City on Sunday. Threw four picks, threw for 400 yards. Um, but through some of the most entertaining picks that I've seen in a while. Um, so it's always, it's always fun when he goes on one of those things. And Jaguars fans, you know, they just – they're so, like, defending him one moment and then, you know, the next moment they're like, oh, my gosh, we had a quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And we talked about that, about how they should have made a run at Alex Smith or somebody like that in the offseason that they could have actually managed their offense. But so, you know, the Titans and Jaguars are still tied. Titans obviously on the tiebreaker at this point after they beat the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Um, they, they, like, listen, the Jaguars went to Kansas City and got boat raced. The Chiefs are really good. We talked about it last night. I mean, they're you know one of really two teams in the NFL that, that are consistently good week in and week out. 
the Jaguars, I think, are still going. It's going to be the Jaguars and the Titans at the end, I think, that are going to be in the mix. But, you know, again, we just see week in and week out, their upside is capped as long as they're running Blake Bortles out there at quarterback. Yeah, you're not keep, keeping up in the modern-day NFL. Um, you know, Jaguars are not going to keep pace with the Rams. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I don't care how good your defense is. Rams, Chiefs, guys like that, teams like that, even Patriots. You know, you saw it last year. They, they had a couple bounces go their way. Uh, just not built to win teams that, that score points like that. You never know when the when bad Blake Bortles is going to show show up. So uh, that they're going to always be handicapped until they get rid of him. Um, yeah, I was impressed with the Colts. Uh, what they did up in Foxborough. I, I know that game got away from them late, but considering all the people they had down, uh, you know, they lost. They I think they had forty four healthy guys go up there. They lost three or four more during the game. Andrew Luck had nobody to to throw to. Uh, they kind of closed the gap in the second half and, and showed a little something. So uh, that group might be something to deal with. A- Andrew Luck is is doing it by himself, you know, like he tends to do. Uh, but Andrew Luck looks like Andrew Luck again, and that's probably bad news for the AFC South in, in, in the long term. Yeah, and their offensive line is, is really bad. So, I mean, I think that's the thing that's it, it, going to keep them from being able to contend this year. But like you said, Andrew Luck is – I hate him. Like I really, really do. I hate his voice. Uh, I, I hate his voice. I hate <laughs> yeah. looking at him. Like the whole thing is just bad. Yeah. Um, and the Titans can't beat him. You know. Uh, the, hopefully they, they'll be able to this year. But you know they finally got two wins against the Colts last year when when he was obviously out for the year. But um, yeah, he's good. Uh, and and you know he he obviously still has the issues going downfield. And and they're banged up. Like you said, I mean, they didn't have T.Y. Hilton. They were down a bunch of starters on defense. And they got a couple more guys hurt during that game. So, I mean, I think their lack of depth um, and, like I said, their lack of offensive lines is what's going to keep them out. I think the Texans are interesting. Um, you know, they got an overtime win against the uh, against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not good either. But, you know, the, the Texans, I think they, you know, Deshaun Watson, it looks like he's finally starting to settle in a little bit. Uh, coming off that ACL injury, you know they obviously got the weapons um, with you know Hopkins and Fuller, and they got the the new kid Kiki Kute or however you say his name. Um, you know that's kind of emerged. So I think that you know they're a team that I think is is going to be going to be good, and they've just kind of gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. But the Titans obviously got a got a big win against them when when they weren't completely healthy. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I really think that, you know, you've got three really good quarterbacks in this division, in Mariota, in Watson, in Luck, um, and then you've got obviously the great defense in Jacksonville. So I think that the the division as a whole is going to be up, just in what they were last year. But I, I still think the Titans have – I don't know. I, I think the Titans, when you look at talent – on the roster on both sides of the ball and all that kind of stuff. I, I really do think they're kind of at the top there. Um, and I, I just think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the, the Titans and the Jaguars just because I think they have the least deficiencies of the rest of the league. Because, I mean, the Texans offensive line is really bad too. Um, and, and so how long can they keep Deshaun Watson healthy? You know, I think that's going to be an issue for them. But, I mean, do you agree that, like, I, I think the Titans the and the Jaguars are, are the two most talented teams in the division? Yeah, I think that uh, across the board, yeah, you know, Houston's probably better than, than both teams. 
offensively, but across the board is Titans and Jags. So, um, yeah, you touched on it. Offensive line is, is going to keep Houston down, I think. Uh, yeah, Watson's going to have to run for his life. I'm just not sure he can he can stay healthy because he's going to be under constant attack. Uh, they have no run game. Even when Lamar Miller plays, they have no run game at all. So it's all on Deshaun Watson. It's all on uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, and Will Fuller and, and Kiki Kute like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't see that formula winning them any more than, what, eight games. So I, I think Jacksonville, Tennessee are going to challenge for ten. So um, I, I think you're dead on on that. Again, the wild card is Colts. How quickly can they get healthy? How much can Andrew Luck do on his own? Uh, again, a poor offensive line. So um, I still think the Titans are in a good spot. You know, it, it's hard to, to get that Buffalo loss out of your head. But, you know, we saw it last year. Uh, Titans put out clunkers and, and then went out and beat some really good teams down the stretch. So uh, it, it just seems to happen across the NFL. Uh, any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody. Um, you fast forward one more week and everything's different again. So we'll see how that changes this week. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the thing is how they bounce back this week. And obviously we'll talk a lot more about the Ravens in the next couple of shows. But um, I, that, that that's going to be, to me, the biggest test because you've got the Ravens this week, then you travel to London to play the Chargers next week. Um, they, they need to get one of these next two. And I feel like that the Ravens game is, is the one that's a lot more winnable at home all that kind of stuff, all that stuff's going for them. So I think they really need to get this one. And then if you can go to London and beat the Chargers, that's great. But if you go over there and lose to them, it's not the end of the world. The Chargers are a really good team. So we'll obviously keep an eye on how that goes. That'll do it for tonight. Uh, we'll have crossover episode tomorrow with the, the guys from the Ravens. So uh, be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, check out musicandmiracles.com. Um, we'll have a lot more stuff about this game. And then obviously looking forward to the Ravens game. Follow us on Twitter. Matt J. Morris, MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert, FB, and the podcast account at Locked on Titans. And then wherever you get your podcast, just search, on Lock, search out Locked on Titans. Subscribe to the show. you get to know the episodes as soon as they're available. For Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for, lock, thanks for listening to Locked on Titans, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.